This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtBase. Are you managing a major art collection but still using something like Excel? Isn't it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to manage your art collection. ArtBase allows you to track your artworks in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data once, and then you can use that data to generate professional insurance value reports, loan forms, shipping forms, and so much more. They've got a brand new version coming out this month with a fresh new look. So go to artbase.com to learn more or to schedule a demo, and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount off the entry fee. That's artbase.com, A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. Hope everyone's doing well and staying safe. Within the art world, it feels like galleries are really starting to open up in different parts of Europe, which is really exciting news. I'm hoping that trend continues throughout Europe and starts in America soon. In the meantime, the art world continues to operate predominantly remotely and online. We just had our first major art fair, Freeze New York, that was scheduled to take place in person, but instead it was an online fair this year. Overall, I thought it was a good experience. I liked the pricing transparency. I liked the ease of use in terms of searching for artworks and artists and galleries. And there were a few interesting filters, actually, that we discussed with our guests, including artist gender. So in this week's episode, we chat with Lauren Randolph, director of Freeze in New York, about their online fair that just concluded last week. We asked Lauren how it went from her perspective, what was the response from galleries and collectors, and also how might their online platform play a role in the fair in the future, even when it's back to being a physical in-person fair. So I hope you enjoy our conversation with Lauren. Thanks so much again for listening. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I want to talk to you about this year's edition of the fair, which occurred last week and was online due to the pandemic. But before we even get into that, I'm curious, what were galleries' reactions when you first announced and first told them about the shift from the physical fair to an online-only version of it? The galleries were responded very positively to that information. I think that a lot of people were hoping we weren't going to lose out on the moment that the event creates in May for the community, for the art world that participates at in Freeze New York. And so the galleries were excited that they weren't going to have to shift somehow their presentations into a different time frame or in, you know, or forward into another um, art fair or another platform that they were actually going to be able to capitalize on that moment now in the way that they had originally intended. And so we, you know, again, I, I think I've said this a couple of times, but there are, there are these small silver linings to having everybody at home and focused on their online presence. Right. And one of the silver linings for us was that we had, we were able to engage um, between 10 and 12 galleries prior to the launch of Freeze New York in the Freeze Viewing Room to alpha test the platform with us and to give us feedback on the, 
you know, the CRM, the backend structure, how they could upload images and videos, what they wanted to do with those things, how they wanted to be seen and be promoted, and, you know, what they thought about our design and especially the augmented reality room that we had created that was our quote unquote viewing room experience in the platform. And, and because they weren't, galleries weren't operating their brick and mortar spaces and they, you know, and they have exhibitions on and they weren't con so concerned anymore with what they were doing physically out at the fair, which would have made these conversations obviously very different. Then I think we got better feedback and we were able to make a better product for everybody in the end. And so this year's version of the fair, do you consider the online platform to be somewhat of a band-aid, really holding over the fair until next year when we can meet in person? Or do you think there's something here where the online component may actually play a role in future freeze fairs? It absolutely will play a role in all of our future endeavors, in all of our events. It, it, it was a natural progression of our organization to have an online offering that would sit with uh, alongside our fairs and potentially also um, operate at other times during the year. This was something that we had been working on since far before the devastation of COVID-19 and the then imminent, you know, cancellation of Freeze New York. And this was meant to be something that would situate itself as an extension or as a, you know, an auxiliary offering to the people, to the galleries who would be participating in our fairs. I'm sure you were engaged with the exhibiting galleries throughout the duration of the fair. What were sales like for this year's version of the fair, especially considering it was an online only format? Sales were good. I thought that Galleries had very low expectations going into, you know, the week, although a lot of galleries reported that they sold works from their previews. So I think that they were kind of gearing up and getting ready to have maybe a more prosperous week than they had originally anticipated when um, these when we announced this about six weeks before we launched. I think that we were surprised at the high figure sales. So the, you know, the $2 million George Condo that was sold by Hauser and Worth, the $1.8 million um, cost of painting that was soon, uh, sold in Spotlight by um, Piano Nobile. It was, you know, these, these numbers were higher, I think, than what we had expected to um, get from an online offering. But then additionally, there were, we noted sales in every section of the fair so in all of our regular sections and then also throughout our special programming we had galleries that sold kind of at every level um, in every area and as with any physical fair there's always mixed results like some people obviously didn't didn't sell anything whereas others um, sold quite a lot and so there's it's certainly varied but I think overall the the feeling of it was that it went very well for galleries and the galleries have projected that positivity back at us and I think back out into the world and um, a lot of them have written to us saying how wonderful it was that you know we provided them with this platform for free they didn't have to pay anything we gave them all their money back for 
um, their participation in Freeze New York. And this is an incredibly time-consuming, laborious effort on Freeze's behalf to, to realize this um, for artists and for galleries to be able to sell something in this moment, when which we all know is a very difficult moment for most of those people, um, of those organizations to be in. You know, also, obviously, for nonprofits, it's it's equally, if not more devastating. And we just wanted to do the right thing. Yeah, I think it's really great that you built this platform and offered it to galleries for free, especially during this time for galleries to be able to have that platform and reach and not have to pay for it. I'm sure it was really valuable to many of the exhibiting galleries. I really enjoyed the platform. I really liked the search capabilities that would bring up all the galleries that were showing a particular artist when you'd search for one. One aspect of the filter that got a lot of attention was the gender filter. What was the motivation behind adding that to the platform? Just so that if people do collect, like there are some women collectors that primarily collect women artists. And if you have a focus like that for whatever your reasons, then you can search that way if you want to. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. And it's not as if every artwork or every gallery page on the site is labeled like, this is this person's non-binary, this person's male, this person's female. That, that's not how it works. It's just that if, if that, if that is part of your interest, you can, you can search for it that way. But it was also not obligatory for anybody to tick a box in terms of what their, you know, how they identify or what their gender preference is. Um, so you could also choose not to show up in a search at all. If you, if you were a gallery or an artist who preferred that, then, then you, then you could avoid that altogether. I think that, you know, gender, ethnicity, um, anything that plays into an artist's history is relevant to their practice. And it's something that they feel is part of their, you know, their context, um, then I think that it's interesting for it to be included somehow. Um, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be for certain people and it doesn't have to be obligatory for anybody to conform to any kind of, um, you know, any kind of like way of structuring themselves if they don't want to. Yeah, that makes sense. And You know, one of the things I've noticed, not just attending Freeze New York, but several online art fairs during the pandemic, is that you're able to see a lot of art very efficiently at your home, on your computer. One of the things I've noticed that's missing is the interactions with galleries, though. For example, halfway through viewing Freeze New York, I realize, hey, I haven't spoken to a single gallery, and I'm missing the kind of conversations I like to have with galleries during fairs. Have you thought about trying to incorporate a way in the future in which people attending the fair virtually have a medium to be able to engage with these galleries and have those kind of conversations they normally do at art fairs? We absolutely will be incorporating new features in the future for people to be able to communicate with galleries in real time. So whether that be through video live video chats or live text-based chats or however we can incorporate that kind of technology into the platform that's definitely something that we're pursuing i think that's a really interesting area because that really encapsulates the social component of an art fair and i think in terms of both collectors and galleries those conversations can often be very fruitful and allows the galleries to talk about the artworks in more depth and also allows them to talk about other artworks or even other artists and the program that 
aren't on view and that can lead to other business. Yeah, completely. I mean, we haven't quite worked out how to do it yet, but it is in it's in the it's in the roadmap, it's in the plan. <laughs> Understand. Now that the fair is concluded, what was the general feedback from galleries? Was it mostly positive? Was there any constructive feedback you'll be considering for the future? Yeah, we've had we've had a lot of constructive feedback, a lot of suggestions. But again, as I mentioned, a lot of those suggestions kind of came in while we were building um, the offering. But but mostly, most importantly, the galleries. I don't think that they have any cause for complaint. I mean, what would they? What would you be complaining about? Like a free offering for you to try to. To, to make some business for yourself, you know? So I think like no one wrote us and said, oh my God, you know, I didn't sell anything and I'm so mad and this platform sucks and, you know, I, I can't believe I participated. I mean, there's just, there's no reason for anybody to be critical because it was, we just attempted to provide them with something to help them in this moment. So even if they sold nothing, they're writing and saying, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for making the effort to try to, you know, make something happen for us in the week that Freeze New York was supposed to happen. And we are excited to come back to Freeze New York in 2021 and hopefully, you know, participate physically all together again, like out on Randall's Island in the tent. And that's all they say. I think as this platform evolves and we have to, you know, and we have to, it has to eventually pay for itself, you know, and all these other things. Um, And Freeze has to survive as an organization. You know, we have to continue to try to bring in revenue somehow. Um, And so I think that that will all change going forward. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, the galleries are going to say, and do different things depending on how they feel about how that how that works for the future. But for right now, they're all happy for the most part. And so Freeze London, it's scheduled for October. What's the status of that fair at the moment? Happening, as far as we know. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> I I can't speak to that. Right now it's just too it's too it's still just too early to tell, but we are we are proceeding um, with plans for the fair. Good. It's one of my favorites. You're based in London, right? I'm based in New York, actually. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. But I like coming to London. I guess it's like anything else in the world. It's hard to know what things will look like one month from now, let alone several months from now. You know that I have this funny, close relationship with Anders because he, I was kind of an intern right out of college when I was in London with Art Tactic when he first started it. Really? I had no idea. He didn't tell me. Yeah. And I did a whole, I did market reports for Jeff Koons and for um, uh, a couple of other artists at the time. And it was really fun. I worked actually from New York supporting him just for a couple of projects. That's amazing. But yeah, I have art. I have a soft spot in my heart for Anders and for Art Tactic. <laughs> He's the best. Well, Lauren, we really appreciate having you on the podcast and hearing how you're able to transform this fair from a physical one to an online one. And overall, I thought it was a really great experience. And we're also happy to hear that Freeze London is planning to happen as of now. We really appreciate you coming on. Thanks again. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Are you managing a major art collection but still using Excel? 
Isn't it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, Artbase is the right software to help you out and manage your art collection. Artbase allows you to track your artworks in an easy-to-use but powerful database. You enter your data once, then you use that data to generate professional insurance value reports, loan forms, shipping forms, and so much more. They have a brand new version coming out this month with a fresh new look, so now's the perfect time to visit artbase.com to learn more and to schedule a demo, and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount off the entry fee. You can visit artbase.com, that's A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com.